One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. God, let that everything beautiful be us today. In your love, fall like rain in here, God. Touch our hearts, change our lives. I pray that every person who's here right now that will be so impacted by what you're doing through the word and through the worship and the fellowship here that we will leave different than we came in through the power of God. We give you access to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I'd like for you to go ahead and have a seat and uh, as you get your notes... Bibles, Bible apps out. Get them opened up to Romans chapter number 12, verse 3. Romans 12, 3. I'm talking about being insatiable, having this insatiable desire to soar like an eagle as opposed to being a chicken, pecking around on the ground. You hear, I, I really believe this. God wants you to soar. I believe that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, which is our central scripture for this series, it says this, it says, those who hope in the Lord, in him, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. I want that, don't you? Do you want that? I do. I want to soar on wings like eagles. Let it be. (laughs) You know, the eagle is an amazing creature uh, and And God says that we should have, really in the scripture, basically God's saying we should have this insatiable, unrelenting passion to press into God so that we will soar and we'll be like a majestic eagle, just soaring over the the things of life. And I I did some research on uh, historical symbolism of eagles this past week. And, and I, I discovered really that for thousands of years, really going back into even into ancient Egypt, uh, ancient Persia, uh, the Greek, the Roman empires, all the way up to today, the eagle has consistently uh, represented courage and power and strength. And, and it's kind of like the, the bird equivalent to the lion, really. Uh, the eagle is aware and, and it's flexible uh, regarding how it lives its life. And there's a lot that we can learn about how we can live our lives as well. Uh, but, but, but quite often, the eagle has been associated with something else. Eagle has been associated with pride. Now, I'm not just saying, wait, wait, pride, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah. Correct. It's not. It's not. See, actually, pride can be one of the most subtle and destructive forces that uh, we battle with. In fact, the truth is, every single one of us battle with pride. And um, we all lack humil- humility at some level at some point. So you might say, okay, then how can the eagle be a good symbol for us, a, a good spiritual symbol for us? Well, I still think it is. 
I've been reading uh, a book. I like to read several books. Usually, I'm reading about five to eight books at a time. I'm weird about that, but I, I do. But but I've been reading reading this book about halfway through, and it's called Fearless. It's the uh, biography of Adam Brown from Navy SEAL Team Six uh, operative. Do you guys any of y'all read that book? It's a fantastic book. Oh, you're gonna think about reading it, yeah. But but uh, but I, I love that book. It's it's. You know, so far, I'm about halfway through it. It's a powerful story of faith and God's grace and life purpose. Uh, But the author was describing something I was reading this last week about the meaning of the unique Navy SEALs trident. And something grabbed my attention. Now, I, I did the extra research on it, and the author was correct. There are four components to the Navy SEAL insignia. Uh, first of all, there's the anchor, and uh, which represents the Navy. The second is the, the trident, which is the historical uh, uh, you know, connection to the sea. The third part is the cocked pistol, which, is, uh, uh, which talks about the constant state of readiness and their ability to serve on land as well. But then there's the fourth item in this insignia, and it's the eagle. Now, the eagle is positioned different than any eagle that I saw during my studies of uh, modern or historical displays of eagles. Very different. Something's extremely different about this. Why is this eagle positioned different on the Navy SEAL insignia? It, it has to be intentional, and it is. See, these SEALs, I mean, they are, they are the most highly trained uh, military special force that exists in the world. And the author explained that the eagle represents, of course, our national symbol of freedom. It also represents the seal's ability to insert from the air. But the eagle here has its head down, and all other eagle insignias have the head up. Why is that? Well, it really comes to the bottom line, their final item that they drill into the hearts and minds of Navy SEALs. And that's this. True warriors get their strength from humility. In fact, humility is the antithesis of pride. And it's, they consider it to be a critical element of being a SEAL. Humility is the source of a true warrior's strength. Ah, that's amazing. I, you know, I want that. And, and I was, was listening to that. I was like, that, that'll preach. That'll preach, you know. I want to soar high like the eagle, but I also want to be able to resist pride and engage in that true strength. So what is the biblical definition of pride? The cultural definition is different, but the Bible definition is important because that's, you know, we go to the Bible, we see, see it talking about pride. What does it mean? Well, the Bible definition is quite intense. It is called, it says it's inordinate self-esteem, unreasonable conceit of superiority, and insolent contempt of others. I mean, those are strong words, aren't they? It's like, wow, punch me in the face three times right there. Now, yeah, yeah, I also know this. There is a positive pride that's in the Bible, uh, such as taking pride in your work, taking pride in your organization or your family or your nation. But the pride that we struggle with is this type of pride right here. And, and I don't like it when this type of pride tries to lift its ugly head in my life. Today, I'm going to talk about pride. I'm going to talk about overcoming it. But as, as I tackle this, I just want to say this. I want to let you know right off the bat here, I'm not seeking to condemn anyone or judge anyone. I'm not looking for anyone to feel shame 
But what I want is hope. I want you to feel grace so that you and so that I can walk in greater levels of freedom. And we can get toxic pride out of our lives. Because I'm going to tell you guys, there's hope. You can experience freedom and you can walk in greater levels of humility. You can be like the eagle on the insignia, soaring high with its head low. Now take a look in your Bibles at Romans chapter 12, verse 3, this scripture I asked you to turn to. This verse should be marked in your Bibles. If not, I encourage you to do so. It's an excellent one to even put to memory. It was written by the Apostle Paul, and uh, the Apostle Paul is our character study for the series of messages. And Paul says this in Romans 12, 3. He says these to the people in Rome, and, and, and he, he says, for by the grace, that's a key word right there, And when I've read this in the past, I've kind of missed that word. But he says, by the grace given to me, which means he says, I can only say this because I've been a recipient of grace myself. Okay? He says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So what he's saying here is, is, you know, first of all, he needs grace. Therefore, we need grace. And Paul's also saying he can only say these words. He can only preach this because he's experienced grace. And the same thing with me today. He, he wasn't saying this as a prideful know-it-all, like I've got all this figured out. Uh, in, instead, really what he's saying is it's because of the grace of God. I've had this exposed in my life, and I, and I know how to begin to work through these things. And, and now I can confidently address a very sensitive subject with you guys. See, we need God's grace to manage our pride issues. We, we have weaknesses, and we have frailties, and we therefore need grace, and we need a lot of it. See, see what grace does is grace breaks the power of, uh, of this toxic pride, and, and, and it stops us from attempting to prop ourselves up and put others down while trying to feel good about ourselves. And then, and then you know, when we're full of grace, what begins to happen is we can receive encouragement. And you give encouragement very, very easily. Grace-filled people will extend grace to other people. <laughs> Find yourself not giving grace to people. Well, it's probably because you've not received grace. See, grace-filled people will even honor the anointing of God. <clears throat> The anointing basically is, is God that's deposited in someone else. And even when you see their frailty or their weakness, you will see the God in them, and you will honor that. See, I, I want that. I want that. That's a huge challenge, and, and uh, it's also pretty easy to spot toxic pride in other people. Um, and it's pretty hard seeing it in and of ourselves. And how in the world do we recognize it in us? I mean, how, how can we find that? Well, really, uh, you have to do a self-exam. In, in the medical world, you know, we learn how to do self-exams, and this is really what we have to do here as well. And we have to see, am I resisting grace? And am I striving to live a life, but it's actually a life of toxic pride? Well, I put together a few little quick questions. These are just little quick, maybe not questions, but these are spoken phrases that you might say or you might think, or these just, just could be an attitude that you have. And here's the first one. I am above the rules. Now, truth is, 
uh, you know, you may never actually say that, but, but you're doing it and you act like it. Uh, it's like, you just, just like, Hey, I'm above all the rules all the time. Or maybe you say hey, rules, they're just made to be broken. <laughs> You'll kind of laugh it off. Everybody chuckles, but what's happening there is I want you to see it. You're resisting grace and you're embracing toxic pride. So I'm helping us to do the self exit. These are the things you can do for yourself. Another one is just the little saying of, well, Hey, I just do what I want. Well, that's, that's actually the attitude of entitlement. That, that's the belief that you're superior to other people and you're more deserving of certain things. Uh, Psychology Today gave a great definition of, of this. It says that entitlement is a toxic, narcissistic trait repeatedly exposing people to the risk of feeling frustrated, unhappy, and disappointed with their lives. So really, it's this feeling that you don't have to honor anyone else's authority. It's this attitude that you deserve something, and so, you know, you deserve it, so you're just going to go ahead and take it. Uh, Entitlement, what it does, though, is it begins to destroy us because it's based upon toxic pride. Now, another uh, signal that there may be toxic pride operating in your life is this little saying right here is, I don't need your help. Now, I'll just, I have to laugh right now on that one because uh, uh, that one hits home with me. It's like, fine, I'll just do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. I mean, I just think of how many times I've done that and how many times it has backfired right in my face. You know, I'm a, I'm a tough, rough, self-sufficient person, Ugh, you know. Basically, when we do that, what we're really saying is, You can't embrace grace, and so you keep on striving and pushing to try to prove to yourself that you can do all things through yourself who gives yourself strength. (laughs) Yeah, toxic pride. Another one is this, is I'm just always, I'm just tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. And that's when we abort processes in our lives because we're just sick of it. It was just taking too long for us to move to that next step. And, and pride and, and patience, the truth is those two things don't mix very well. And if you're finding yourself consistently impatient, what it is, it's most likely toxic pride that's working in your life. Uh, probably my favorite Christian author, uh, really it comes to, he's a Christian author, but he's professional author. Uh, uh, he gives, he gives great biblical wisdom. Uh, the, the secular community fully embraces him. He has number one best-selling books, uh, uh, that have been out for years. His name is John Maxwell. And he states this, he said, pride deafens us to the advice and the warnings of the people around us. And, and, uh, I just think, you know, for me, I, I don't want to be deaf to the warnings and advice of people around me. In other words, I want to be teachable, and I always want to be teachable. I want to be a success, but it's not because it's all about me. I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to serve more people. I want to help more people. I want to lead better, so I better be teachable. See, that's why for Tim, and I hope you take my lead here, that's why for Tim, I've got to clear toxic pride out of my life. You need to decide right now that you're not going to attempt to subtly exalt yourself by casually insulting, bringing down, talking negative about other people. Guys, that's toxic pride. You might be making snide comments and using information about other people to control them or using information about other people as a, as a tool of betrayal and even gossip. 
See, pride will put down other people who are in authority so you can subtly prop yourself up. And, and, and I'm telling you guys, operating under authority is a source of blessing, huge, huge blessing. But if you have pride, what you're doing is you're pushing back on that authority because somehow in your mind, you see yourself as better than that authority. Hey, you guys know this. This happens in the working world all the time, but it happens in every area of life where there's authority. And, and you know, sometimes it's blatant, sometimes it's not. I, I, a church example from a few years ago, but actually, no, it's not a few, it was 18 years ago, so it wasn't here. But uh, I, there was, a, I, was I was pastoring a, a large church up in Missouri, and there was the, the fifth grade Sunday school teacher. And, and she got angry at me one day, and she was in the church lobby, and she just started, like, just cussing. I mean, it was just like, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't want to hear the words. This is, you know, where you put the little symbols there, and you just put, like, you know, the first letter and then dashes, all that kind of stuff. You can fill it in. Well, I'm not even going to let you fill it in. But, 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 but uh, she just went off on me, and I just like, okay, listen. That, that you can't do that. And she said, I can, I will. And I was like, okay, God. I was like, God, don't, don't do this to me now. Please, God, don't do this to me. And so I said, all right. I said, well, here's, a, here's what you can do. And you're, you're real uptight. I need for you to just like, let's take about three month break from teaching your Sunday school class, okay? I mean, just a leave of absence. I'll give you some time to kind of get some healing and everything. Oh, that was the wrong thing to say because the lady became irate and, and she said, don't you take my children away from me. I was like, they're not your children. But, but she says, I started going there and she said, if you do that to me, I promise you, I'm going to take those children and we will have Saturday Sunday school classes at my house and I'm going to have an unofficial Sunday school. Take that. I said, well, and she goes, and I have the right to do so. Okay, well, I'll have to let the parents know that this is, you know, this is not part of a church's ministry, <laughs> trying to smile and people are looking. And, and I said, you know, that's, that's also pretty dangerous because uh, it's just, it's just not a good thing. People need to know your intentions here. Well, you know, she stormed out and I thought, well, okay. Uh, I don't know whether she's going to do this or not or whatever. And then the next day, the next morning, 6.30 a.m., her husband shows up on my porch with a gun in his hand. Okay, we'll just end it right there. Pride, I, we, I didn't go to the door, okay? Pride makes you do some stupid things. Uh, pride is an independent spirit. City Life, we are moving forward to our launch Sunday on February 10, 2019, and that's when we're going to celebrate finally being a sovereign, autonomous, locally governed church. And I'm thrilled about that. But, but I want you to understand something. That does not mean that we are an independent church out from under authority. The church will still be under authority. I will be under authority as a minister. That changes nothing about authority. So no, we will never just haul off and just do whatever we want to do with, you know, we'll just kind of like, well, I just feel this or just, we're just going to kind of do whatever outside the boundaries of authority. Because if we ever do that as a church, that's pride. See, in other words, we're not going to start an unofficial city life church and just call it city life church or something down the road and, and just, you know, we're not going to do that. If I were to operate that way as a pastor, then I would be in the spirit of rebellion, and that would, that would harm everything that God wants to do. If I were just to haul off and do my own thing, it would be a huge statement of personal pride, because I don't want to work within the established boundaries, and so I kind of do it in a smooth way. No, here's the deal. We're not going to do that, but we all need to get toxic pride out of our lives, because in a lot of times, we do stuff like that on, on our own, and... Um, we need, we need humility. 
But I, but I also want to tell you this. D- don't, don't ask God to humble you, okay? That's not a good idea. Because hey, God answers prayers. So you're saying, hey, God, humble me. God's like, okay, well, you, you said so. Here you go. You know, there's nothing in the Bible where it says pray to God to humble you. No. <laughs> uh, so that's not an acceptable prayer. I do recommend that you pray, because God does answer prayers. I do recommend that you take it a little different. Is humble yourself. That's the method that Jesus Christ used himself. The Apostle Paul, who's our case study for this, this series of messages, he explains this, and I want you to take a look at it. It's on your screens in Philippians 2. He said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. Okay, so right here, understanding humility, getting pride out of your life is a mindset. It's a way of thinking, training your mind in a different way. Jesus is the example of that. So you can look to a person, you can look to God in a person, as a person, and you can say, that's my template right there. So have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, so in other words, he's God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, Jesus didn't go around going, okay, well, let's see, I'm hungry, so let's make some food. Bling! Ah, you know, he, no, I mean, he multiplied loads of fishes and gave it away to other people. You, you see what I'm saying? He didn't just like, okay, God, you know, I'm kind of tired walking over here to, to Jericho and, and, uh, I'm just going to kind of like, let's, let's just, let's just beam me, beam me over, you know, no, he didn't. All right. So instead it says, look at this. He made himself what? Nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. In other words, God became his own creation. And being found in the appearance of a man, here are the three important words, he humbled himself by coming becoming obedient to the death on the cross. Jesus humbled himself. Humility will either happen to you or you're going to choose to make it happen on your own. You need to choose to make it happen. And you do it by embracing the grace of Jesus, admitting that you're not good enough. And, and, the, and the truth is, it's impossible to pr- impress God with your accomplishments anyway. He's not going to be impressed. Therefore, we need to begin humbling ourselves. And for me, it took way too long. It was probably about 30 years ago. Uh, still young in my ministry and even in young in age. But I remember my boss asking me, he said, hey, Tim, do you struggle with pride? And I'd never had that question asked me before. And immediately, I never really recognized pride before, but immediately I knew I did. I said, wow, um, huh. one second pause. Yes, I do. And then he said, yeah, I do too. You know, admitting it was my first step to dealing with toxic pride in my own life. And uh, Tim, I've been working to crush it ever since. So I'm going to share with you my five personal top five pride crushing tips. All right, here we go. Let's look at these How, uh, five ways to crush pride in your life. One is to exalt God, exalt God. When you lift up Jesus it begins to take the pride away. If you, here, if you have trouble exalting God, it's usually because you have a wrong concept or idea of who God is. Get this, God is infinitely superior to us. He is absolutely perfect and we are not. He is the supreme authority over your future. He determines actually your eternal future. In other words, God is God and you're not God. 
And when we get that into our mind, it's a mindset, then we begin to exalt God and lift him up freely, and that causes our own pride to melt. And if you're, if you're truly exalting God, then you actually begin to take things a whole lot lighter, and everything doesn't seem to be as heavy on you. In fact, people who exalt God tend to be the type of people who can just think you can just haul off and make fun of yourself. And, you know, I mess up, well, I can make fun of myself. Because way too often we take ourselves so, so serious, but we don't take God serious enough, and God God would love to reverse that. That's why even such a huge portion of our services is this time of exalting God because it gives us the opportunity to humble ourselves when we're worshiping, you know, and, and even we exalt God even through our tithing. That's actually the giving of your financial resources back into God's work, and it is a massive act of humility. It exalts God. It breaks pride. You know, I want you to be set free to exalt Jesus. Because I'm telling you guys, it's a great place to be. My second pride-crushing tip is this, is to eliminate entitlement. Come on, eliminate entitlement. This is, this is typically a very real blind spot for a lot of people. Uh, because most people would deny they even have any type of entitlement. But do you think that you're better than other people? Do you maybe feel like you're indispensable? Do you feel like uh, your accomplishments and your positions uh, entitle you to like special favor or perks? Well, these beliefs, they're actually self-centered. They are self-appreciating and they are degrading to other people. See, entitlement, I believe it ultimately flows from a lack of love, genuine love for other people. You're thinking more about yourself than others. See, entitlement is even the opposite of gratitude. See, grateful people, thankful, grateful people, they don't feel entitled to anything. You see, you you should be grateful not only to God, but to the many people who are around you. And a great way to crush entitlement in your life is to simply express gratitude. Some of you need to leave here today and just go write a thank you note. Look somebody in in the eye. Look them clearly in the eye. And don't just say thanks, but say thank you. And then tell them what you're thanking them for. See, entitlement, it's always toxic. It's never good. Because the truth is you don't really deserve anything. Neither do I. None of us deserve anything. It's only by the God's, when we see things as anything we have is by the grace of God, then we can break entitlement. That's why I, I even say this again, like a lifestyle of generosity. I think it's critical for followers of Jesus. Generosity in every area of your life, it crushes entitlement and it crushes pride. The third one is this, pride crusher number three is called confess and repent. Confess and repent. Now, these two words are foundational for every follower of Jesus. Confess, what this means is to confess to God and to other people that you've sinned, you've messed up, or just, you know, that you're jacked up. And you, you know you are anyway, but just go ahead and say it. Get it out. Get it out. Tell God and tell some other people. See, but, and then repent, what that means, that means to turn. You're, you're, you're going to change directions. It, it, sometimes we get the wrong idea of that because you see somebody out here on the plaza around, you know, around the Sundance Square area with a sign saying, repent, repent. I mean, I've been told out there I'm going to hell so many times. It's like, okay, I don't even know who you are <laughs> telling me I need to repent. Like, that, okay, that, that's... A, that's just weird. Okay, let's just, let's just say that's just weird. But let me, get, let me get really deal with the issue here. Repent means to turn, to change directions. And we've got to both confess and repent. See, because toxic pride makes it very hard to admit that you're wrong. You need to first of all start by telling God, because he already knows it anyway. He's just waiting for you to do it so he can set you free. So make things right with God. 
Make things right with other people. Confess. And then repent. So change. You can pray a prayer like this. Like, Lord, I know I've sinned with my pride. I've been manipulative to others. I've, I've tried to beat others down and lift myself up. And I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused you. I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused other people. Will you just forgive me? God, will you give me strength? Just give me some strength to resist this, to stop sinning in this area of my life. I don't want to do this anymore. And if you've harmed others with your sin, then apologize to them. That's called reconciliation. You seek reconciliation, even offer restitution if it's appropriate. Then as a part of your repentance process, you turn, you change directions, which means you're going to start doing some things different. You know, some of the most simple things would be, even though just, just doing this, coming to church, I'm going to make sure I'm in church on a regular basis. I'm going to come with my Bible, I'm going to come with my notebook, and I'm going to expect to hear something from God that's going to give me instruction on, on, on moving my life forward, something that's going to impact my life for today. Okay, pride crusher number four, here it is. It's this, it's to live aware. Understand this and know, spiritual attacks are real. See, pride will try to slip back in very quickly after you've confessed and repented. And you're going to feel great. You're going to feel clean. You're going to be ready to move forward. And, and you know, some people even, even uh, they, the, 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 the pride moves to a pride over how humble they are, you know? <laughs> Let me just tell you guys, Satan's not going to give up on you. No, you're a threat to his kingdom. You'll see things, you'll begin to see things in the culture like, hey, they're celebrating pride and it's a positive thing. And so, so I, I, maybe pride is good. Well, the culture is going to define it in a way that's going to get you confused. Or maybe you'll read a book or you hear a TED talk and tells you you're to exalt yourself and put others down. You know, one time someone recommended a book, book to me and, and I, you know, I picked it up. Oh, this one could be cool. I started reading it and talked about like when a person comes into your office, make sure their chair is lower than yours. Like, okay. And I went back to the person. This is Okay, this is the PG service. This is crap. You know, I, I just thought it's crap. Like, well, what is good principles? And I said, no, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Anything that's about intimidating others is crap. So, yes, your pastor said that. Uh, but just, you guys forgive me? Okay, see, I'm imperfect. But I felt it. All right. Understand this is that you got to, the way to do this is you need to stay in God's word daily. You need to be in church. Uh, because you're always going to be vulnerable to spiritual attack. It, it's, it's, it's there. You maybe start to crave this feeling that I need my ego inflated and you want attention from other people. L learn to recognize it. See, Satan's going to lay these opportunities in your path and make it very, very easy for you to exercise your pride. Spiritual attacks, they're, they're not going to cease. So you remain alert. You be prayerful. You pray in the spirit and you pray with your understanding, asking God for help on a daily basis. And if you do this, you begin to find that the power of God is not only available, but it will overpower those, those forces of darkness and you will be defended against the spiritual attacks. And my fifth one here, here's the fifth pride crusher. Number five. <laughs> okay. This is going to be fun. Increase your secrecy. Some of you are gasping. He's saying for me to be more secret. Yes, I am about some things. You need to do some secret things that you're not going to get any accolade for. You're not going to post it on Facebook, Instagram. You're not going to put it, even put it on Twitter, which nobody even looks at anyway, you know. And you're just going to decide that you're going to do some secret things. 
And that's, that, that takes the pride away. Maybe you have an attitude toward other people that, that's uh, like maybe a different class of people. And you need to start serving some people of a different class. Volunteer in your community here. Maybe you're proud of your looks. You're proud of your body. And so maybe but, but it may mean that you need to get rid of some of those clothes that, that, uh, that show every, every little facet of your special body or the makeup that enhances it all and just put some of that aside. I'm just serious. Well, that's harsh. Well, no, actually, the, the, the harsher thing is to say is do less selfies, but I didn't say that, all right? Why are we doing so many things that draw attention to our physical attributes? Why? why? That could be pride. Not necessarily saying it is, it could be. Maybe if you like to drive up in a certain kind of car and rev it up, you know, I've done that. <laughs> Still, the craving is there. Maybe, though, you need to trade it in, maybe, for a car that's more modest and practical. Or, or this. If you're thinking about other people as I'm going through this list of things, whom you think really need to be listening to what I'm saying right now, the truth is you probably need to go back and listen to the podcast again yourself. And then ratchet up these three areas. Here are the secrets. Three, three areas to be secret in. Secret prayers, secret praise, and secret servanthood, where nobody's going to see you. Yeah, people may see you, but nobody's going to give you applause for it. See, God really, really loves and he blesses what's done in secret, my friend. Serve someone who can't pay you back. Serve your parents. Serve your husband. Serve your wife. Serve your boss. Serve, uh, uh, serve that person that really just gets under your skin because it's time to break your own pride. And as you break out of this, you can't focus on the failures of the past. We've all failed. Instead, we've got to focus on God's ability to give you lasting victory. And believe this, is that he is going to implant a more humble attitude in your heart, and it will be there for good. And you're going to give him praise in advance like I don't feel it happening yet. I'm going to praise God for it now. Because it, and, and we do this simply because God has given us grace. James says this. He said, he gives us more, what? Grace. He says, that's what the Spirit says. God opposes the proud and shows favor, which is also grace. God gives grace to the humble with God's help. And by surrounding yourself by positive people, you can begin to overcome a spirit of pride. You're going to become aware and flexible like the eagle. You'll be, you'll be setting yourself up for the kind of success God wants for you. Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you, and it's way beyond where you are right now. So how do you know that, Pastor Tim? Because you're still breathing. Have hope in him. Have hope in him and the work he's doing in you because he loves you, and God wants the best for you now. There's something better for you than today's reality. I've said it a million times before, and I'll always keep saying it. Your best is yet to come. Let's break pride in our lives. I'd like for there to be no movement at this time. And I'd like for everyone in the room just to close your eyes and focus internally for just a moment, please. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Possibly you've drifted from God and you want to make the decision to follow Jesus today. I, I encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to respond. You want that new beginning. It's time to respond. And you know that time is now. You feel it on the inside. And, and if that's you, if that's, if that's where you are, what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment is to lift your hand so I can see your hand. I can connect my faith with yours. And then we'll pray and ask God for that life-changing power of the Holy Spirit to come in to you. Your sins are gone. It's as if you have never sinned. Jesus loves you so much. He died for you so that you can live forever. 
who would say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. Would you lift your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you. Who else needs Jesus today? You're ready to make the decision to follow Jesus. Here's what I want us to do. If you lifted your hand, or even if you haven't yet lifted your hand, I want you to, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, even everybody, everybody in this room, believers, I want you to stand with your feet as well. We, I want us to pray this prayer, and we're going to make this, make this profession of our faith with our mouths asking Jesus. Come on, pray these words. And if you lifted your hand, pray it. Mean it from the bottom of your heart. Believers, pray this with me as well as an encouragement to those around you as a reaffirmation of your faith. Come on, dear Jesus, I give my life to you and I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for my pride. I'm sorry for living for me. And I choose today to follow you. Wash me in your blood. Take my sin away. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. You know, City Life Church, we are all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture. And it's possible that you are even feeling a a shift that is coming in your life, or possibly deep down inside, you feel called to something more. And City Life might be a part of that future. Let me tell you, Launch Sunday is the big event that's coming up, and it's happening on February 10th, 2019. And if you'd really like to be a part of what God is doing in downtown Fort Worth through City Life Church, I'm asking you to go and visit our website at citylifefw.org and click the launch button. Uh, You could also just come and visit one of our services because I I really believe the future is bright and it's limitless in potential. I want you to hear my vision. I want you to be a part of what God is doing at City Life and come and chat with me personally after one of the services.